Thanks, Brittany. It's good to have you here this, this weekend. Good to have all of you uh, joining us. My name's Todd, and I get to serve as a campus pastor here at our Port Clinton campus. And uh, man, we are looking forward to diving into the truth of God's Word, continuing in our, our series in the, in the Gospel of John. Uh, but before we do that, I just wanted to have a few minutes of fun, okay? Just a little lightheartedness, all right? So we're going to play a little game of Riddle Me This, okay? So I'm going to say the riddle... And then you try to figure it out, and if you think you really got the answer, go ahead, feel the freedom, shout it out, be bold, be strong, be courageous, all right? So here's the first one. David's father has three sons, Snap, Crackle, and... It's David's father. This is, so David's the other guy. All right, I, I got you, some of you. All right, here's another one. The, the more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? Somebody said money. <laughs> I wish. The more you take, the more you leave behind. Hmm. Footsteps. Ah, that's kind of endearing, isn't it? I, like, I just want to read the footprints in the sand poem, you know. It was there, Jesus, that you carried me, right? Okay, all right, let's try another one. Uh, a cowboy rode into town on Friday. He stayed for three nights and rode out on Friday. How is this possible? Okay, you guys got it. Somebody saw that one online before. You, the horse's name is Friday. Okay, here we go. One, uh, one more. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? You got it. I, and see, now, I, I first read that one. I'm like, it's like going to be something so, like, meaningful. Like, it's going to bring us all to a moment, right? You know, it's just a letter M. All right, so, so we're in the Gospel of John. And as we step into John chapter 8, the religious leaders of the day have a riddle for Jesus to solve. And we're going to look at that riddle. We're going to look at what Jesus' response was to the riddle. But in order to kind of set the stage for John chapter 8, uh, it's, it's important for us to know kind of the context and maybe even give a bit of a disclaimer. Because perhaps, uh, if depending on the version of the Bible that you're using, when you open it up, um, you might see a statement in the, in the sideline notes that says, most ancient Greek manuscripts do not include John chapter 7, verses 53 through chapter 8, verse 11. And we're going to look at the first 11 verses of John chapter 8. So what do we do with that? Like, should this just not be in my Bible? Should I tear it out? What? Well, no, no worries, okay? Uh, the, the people that are scholars and experts in what we call textual criticism, okay? That's really looking at the text of the Bible and going, is this trustworthy? Almost unanimously agree that this is scriptural, okay? Uh, it just means that in some of the earliest manuscripts that they have found of the New Testament, so this, it's, this isn't in there. But in others, it is in there. Here's what uh, one Bible scholar, Colin Cruz, he says, and actually he's quoting another very well-respected uh, theologian named Bruce Metzger. He says, Bruce Metzger says, it, it, it that is th these verses that we're going to look at today, it has all the earmarks of historical veracity. 
It is consistent with what we know of the person of Christ from what is reflected in the rest of the gospel. So at the end of the day, this is something that we can lean into, that we believe happened, that we can learn something significant from together. But just wanted to make that disclaimer, all right? So John uh, chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, here's what it says. It says, Jesus uh, returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. And it says, a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down, and he taught them. Now, this was common practice for Jesus. As he would go into a, a village, into a region, he would often find the temple. He would go to the temple because he knew there were people there that were hungry for God. They were interested in spiritual matters. And, and so Jesus would show up there, and oftentimes he would be invited to speak or teach. He was a rabbi. He had wisdom, and people were were dumbfounded by some of the wisdom that he carried and what he would share. And although there was lots of controversy about Jesus, uh, he was catching momentum, and some were believing and saying he was the Christ. And so here Jesus, as he goes into this town, and, and he's, he's in the temple, and he sits down, and he began to teach the people. It says, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Can you imagine the scene? I mean, we're in church on Sunday, <laughs> and the elders walk a woman down front. And this is not somebody that, you know, there, there's, like, there's like any question mark. Like, it's not like, oh, well, we've heard rumors, and so we need to address this. Or, hey, somebody told us, or somebody said, or... No, this woman, she was caught in the act. And they bring her, they bring her before the whole congregation, the whole gathering of people there, out in front of everyone. Can you imagine, like, the shame, the disgrace? The, and, and, and she's in front of Jesus. And then I'm going, well, where's the guy? <laughs> it takes two to tango, right? I mean, he... The guy in the, in, in the scenario, he's just as guilty as the woman, and yet here's the woman is the one that's being brought. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe he got, maybe he took off, you know, maybe, maybe they couldn't catch him, or, or maybe more likely, because in that culture, women were, were kind of degraded, and, and usually the ones first accused, like, oh, it was her fault. And so they bring this woman into the synagogue where Jesus is teaching, and then we come to the riddle. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. So what do you say? What do you say, Jesus? What do you think should happen here, Jesus? The law of Moses says she should be stoned. This is what they would do. They would take a person that was guilty of such a crime would be taken to the outside of the village. And the people would gather around and they would take large rocks and they would begin to throw the rocks at the person until they died. And this was legal. This was, this was according to the law of Moses. 
And so it's like, I mean, and this is the, here's the whole deal with the riddle. In fact, the text goes on to say they were trying to set a trap for Jesus. That's probably why they brought in the woman, because they thought, in, in one sense, some, there's people in the crowd that are going to have compassion on this lady, and like, is Jesus really going to uphold the law now? Like, he's, I mean, but, but yet Jesus is, in fact, Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, sadly to say that, uh, incredible pastor, theologian, helps us here. He says the religious leaders, they know that Jesus is stuck between two issues, the life of the woman and the divine law of Moses. He says on one hand, they know that Jesus is a consummate teacher of grace, compassion, tenderness, forgiveness. But on the other hand, Jesus also said that the law of Moses is from God and not a jot or tittle will pass away until it is fulfilled. And the law of Moses states that adultery is punishable by execution. So this is the riddle. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus, what, would, what do you say about this? What should we do with this woman? You know what the law says, but we also know you're a teacher of love and grace. They're looking for a way to trap him. Like if he doesn't uphold the law, well, then he's not righteous. If he does uphold the law, now he looks like he doesn't have mercy and grace and care about this woman that's caught. So Jesus, what do you say? And in, in, in classic Jesus fashion, he doesn't say anything yet. The Bible says he, he stooped down and he started to write something in the dust with his finger. Don't you just want to know? Like, what did he write? There's, there's all kinds of ideologies about this. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, suggestions, wonderings about what did he write down? Did he, did he start writing out the Ten Commandments? Did, did he start writing out the sins of the religious leaders that were gathered around? And we don't know. All we know is so many times when Jesus was asked questions and, and people the religious leaders especially of the day, they were constantly trying to trap Jesus, trick Jesus. Oftentimes, he wouldn't even respond, or, or when he did respond to their questions, he would just respond to their questions with another question, which is always a, a good way to go. Or, like in this scenario, he doesn't even respond with a question. He just he starts drawing. And so this makes the religious leaders mad. I mean, they're right there in front of everybody in the synagogue, and they're like, Jesus, you need to tell us what you would say about this. And Jesus is just writing in the dust. It says, so they kept demanding an answer. And so Jesus stood up again, and here was his answer to the riddle. He said, all right. In other words, go ahead, have at it. He said, but... Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Let the one that's never sinned throw the first stone. You go first. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it brilliant? Isn't it pointed? Isn't it revealing? <laughs> But what are they going to do? I mean, they're, they're, they're standing there. They're, they're ready. They're, they've already prejudged this woman. And yeah, she was, hey, 
she was in the wrong. It's not, it wasn't like a wrong judgment. But Jesus saying, if, 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 if you're going to hold out the law and hold up the law, then you without sin cast the first stone. And then it says he stooped down and he started writing again. Again, we don't know what he wrote. Isn't it true that people in general, I mean, I'm not talking about us, um, you know, but people, you know, people, people, people judge others by a standard that they don't even hold themselves to. I mean, I'm talking about those people, not us. We never do that. We never look at somebody and think something. And yet if somebody were to look at us and they thought the same thing, we wouldn't want to be held to that same standard, would we? I mean, it, it, we, we do it all the time. It reminds me of what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7, verse 35. Jesus was teaching again. He said, hey, and why, why do you worry about the speck in your, in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? <laughs> he says, how can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see the pass, the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. Jesus, I mean, he gets strong here. He says, you hypocrite. He says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, listen, a couple of things that we need to say here. Jesus isn't saying you can never help your friend with the speck in their eye. He's not saying, hey, you could never judge or, or call someone out or challenge somebody with the truth. Jesus is just saying that before you pick up the rock, it's a good time to look within. Before you're going to point out somebody else's stuff, let's make sure we look within and take a look at our stuff. And make sure that we're taking care of the things in our life that we, that we know we are guilty of. That we could have been dragged out in front of the the congregation for, but we get away with. And interestingly, in John chapter 8, verse 9, it says, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. I bet it got quiet. Beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So now it's just Jesus and this broken, ashamed woman, guilty woman. Now what's Jesus going to do, right? Leads us to a bottom line truth. Can we just, can we just come together and agree as followers of Jesus that it's time to drop the stone and to just leave it alone? To make sure that we're looking within before we're pointing out in others. Drop the stone and leave it alone. It says, then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Man, I, I wish I could have been there in that moment to see this woman probably half-dressed just completely devastated, ashamed. I mean, 
her worst moment of her life, perhaps, just put on display for everybody. And Jesus, it's just her and Jesus, the crowd's kind of in the, in the background. He says, hey, where, where'd everybody go? Where, where'd the holy, righteous, religious people go that brought you in here? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she says, no, Lord. And then Jesus' words, neither do I. I mean, the king of all the world, the savior of the world, the Messiah. Strangely enough, I mean, the one person that was without sin, Jesus, the one, the one person in the world that, that had the, actually had the right to judge her, that actually had the qualifications to condemn her, chooses not to. You guys, that should say something to us. And now notice, he says, neither do I, and he says, go and sin no more. He, he didn't say, hey, what you did was no big deal. He, he called it sin. He said, go and sin no more. Like, stop doing what you have been doing. It was wrong. This is not Jesus just being wishy-washy or just being so loving and graceful. Oh, we just let everything slide. But the order is important. Jesus didn't say, Hey, go and sin no more, and then you don't have to worry about being condemned. See, because that's how we do life, right, with other people. Like, hey, as long as you don't, we'll be okay as long as you don't ever do that again to me. Like, I won't condemn you as long as, first, you change or you hold up your end of the bargain. No, Jesus, his first words are, I don't condemn you either. You see, he was setting her free in forgiveness. And then when somebody's been set free in forgiveness, the natural response then should be, go and sin no more. Like, oh my gosh, I, I got I to turn over a new leaf. I got to change my direction. I've got to, I mean, God, God himself has given me the chance of a lifetime of forgiveness and hope and freedom. Neither do I, Jesus said, so go and sin no more. So we, we've got to learn to drop the stone and leave it alone. But that's, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, just naturally, humanly speaking, like, we, we, we look at other people typically, and uh, whatever they're doing is just a little bit worse than what we're doing, right? And so it makes us feel better. And so it's so easy to look at others, right? Um, so we, we might start judging someone else's sexual sin, right? But, but, I mean, have we taken time to look within? You know, Jesus said, even if you look at a person lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. And so, so, so who's guilty? We are. That's why we got to drop the stone and leave it alone. Or, or, or we, we condemn somebody else for their greedy lifestyle. Like, man, look at their, look, look at their boat. And, oh, look at, you know, look, must be nice. And, and, and man, that person, I mean, right? And then all, all the boaters and campers in the room went like, uh-oh. <laughs> 
Hey, I dropped the stone, okay? <laughs> no, because in, in reality, I mean, we don't know a person's story. We don't know whether they were just given it all or whether they worked their butt off their entire life for whatever it is that they have. And, and bottom line, bottom line, all of us could be more generous. All of us could be more giving. Every single one of us in the room, even the poorest of the poor in the room and in our country has so much more than the majority of people in the rest of the world. And, and yet we want to point out the greed in other people. And I'm, I've got greed. I'm, I can be selfish all of us can drop the stone and leave it alone or, or uh, judging somebody else at work, right? That's easy to do. Um, and, and whether it's judging them for their work ethic, like, well, she was late again. You know, well, wh- well why was she late? I mean, do, have, have we, you know, sometimes we ought to drop the stone and we ought to pick up a stool. Maybe sit down and just... Get into people's lives a little bit. Listen to them. Like, figure out what's really going on. And there, may, there might still not be an excuse, and maybe they're guilty, just like the woman that was caught in the act. Or maybe there's something else going on in their story. we got to drop the stone and leave it alone. Or here's one. How about judging somebody else's parenting? Oh, Man, I remember before we had kids, you know, and I'd see that, that, that kid in the, in the cart, in the checkout lane, and he's just freaking out because he wants the candy or something in there, and then I see the mom just give in, and I'm like, jeez, oh, look at that. Who's the parent here? <laughs> like, jeez, look at, you know. And then Laney's three years old, and I find myself in the lane, <laughs> I'm buying five candy bars because I'm like, I'm just like, I just want her to stop. I just want her to stop crying. I just want her to stop throwing a fit. I just want, you know, like, isn't it true? I mean, uh, man, Lisa and I, we, we've done, said things that we, that, we never, that we never thought we'd say or do as parents because you don't know till you know. We got to drop the stone and leave it alone. And why, why was Jesus able to do that? Remember, this is a riddle. Like the, the, the religious leaders, they think they've got Jesus trapped. They're like, what do you say, Jesus? I mean, is he going to uphold the law? Because, hey, a righteous, holy, godly man would hold up the law. And even Jesus said, I didn't come to, I didn't come to overthrow the law, get rid of the law. Jesus said, I came to what? Fulfill the law. And yet, isn't, isn't Jesus full of mercy and grace and love? And aren't we grateful for that grace and mercy and love? So how could, is Jesus just letting her off the hook? No, I, I think the reason that Jesus could look at the woman and say, I don't condemn you, is because Jesus knew what was coming for himself. The woman didn't have to be condemned that day because Jesus knew he was going to go to the cross and he was going to take her condemnation. 
He was going to take the rock. He was going to take the hit. And he didn't just do that for the woman that was caught. He did that for me. He does that for you. It's what, what Romans 4.25 says, speaking of Jesus. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life again to make us right with God. The reason that Jesus could say, I don't condemn you, but now go and sin no more is because Jesus would go to the cross and take her condemnation and ours. It's what Romans 8, 1, what a holy, gracious, merciful promise. It says, and now there is no condemnation. It doesn't say there's no condemnation, period. There is condemnation, <laughs> Right is right, and wrong is wrong, and somebody has to pay. Jesus just says, if you're in me, if you're in Christ Jesus, then there's no condemnation for you. In me. When we, when we put our faith and hope in Jesus, when we repent of our sins and turn to Jesus. And you know what? In the story, we don't even know how the woman responded. That's, that's the riddle for you and me to live with. And it's really a question for all of us. How are we going to respond? Because the truth is, all of us could be caught red-handed. We're all guilty of something, somewhere, and we can compare with the other person and always think that we're a little bit better, or, or maybe we're self-condemning and we think we're always just a little bit worse than the next person. But the amazing thing is, when Jesus went to the cross, he died for for little white lies, and he died for murderers. And he died for adulterers. He died for it all. Interestingly, in, in John chapter 8, verse 12, just another verse later, Jesus utters one of his great I am statements, and Jesus says these words, I am the light of the world. He says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore. See, he's not, he's not wanting people to just live in darkness and stay in the darkness. He's calling people out of the darkness. But he does so with such great mercy and love and based upon what he's already done for them. He says, if, if, if you follow me, you don't have to walk in the darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. And Jesus' light... It, listen, it's not a spotlight that he just centers in on you. Like the religious leaders, they wanted the spotlight to be on that woman and her stuff. No, Jesus, Jesus is not a spotlight. He's just like the overshadowing light and just, it just sheds light with everything around it. Not so we can see other people's junk, but so that we can see ourselves as well. So maybe you're here this weekend, and man, you're like, I got to quit this. I got to quit, quit picking up rocks. I, 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 I know that I just have this critical nature, and, and I look at others, and I mean, instantly I can go into judgment mode. And so you find yourself in the shoes of the religious leaders of the day, and that's easy for religious good church people to do. And we need to learn to drop the stone and leave it alone. Or maybe you're here this weekend and you feel like the woman. You feel the judgment and the condemnation perhaps of others, of God, of the church, 
And if that's you today, I hope that you can just look up and see Jesus standing in front of you and saying, where's all your accusers now? Because there's not anybody in here. None of us have the right. And the words of Jesus saying, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Be set free. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your grace and for your truth. That Jesus, you uphold the law because you took on the punishment of the law for us. And it's because of that that we can be free, that we can be people of grace, and that we can extend that same grace to others. Help us be more like you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Have a